Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. It's the most stressful time of the year. Yes, preach it, Karis. (laughs) I love it. We are... You're welcome, by the way, for that song. I know everybody really, really loved that. Um, Yeah. So today we we are going to talk about Christmas, the season that we're in, and everything that goes with that. And Mm -hmm. so we're we're going to talk about ten ways to reduce stress in your family for the holidays and even after that. Because as I looked through these tips, I thought these are kind of things we should maybe think about doing all the time. But no better time than than the holidays to get that going. So I don't know about you, but I just feel like there's a thousand things during the holiday oh, yeah. season. It, how's your experience been? Yes. And there's a thousand fun and good things. And so it's hard to say no sometimes. Yeah. As I was kind of thinking about this topic, I started making a list of what we did last year, or maybe oh. it was two Christmases ago. Oh, and Lord. it involved a light trolley tour with the family, going to a living nativity, dressing up as a living nativity. (laughs) I always have to be Mary. My husband's Joseph. And then assorted nieces and nephews are angels and sheep and whatnot. Um, We had two school performances, two church performances at different churches, the amazing family photo shoot, which everybody loves and hates me for, Um, a gingerbread party, a kid's gift exchange, like a Christmas gift card exchange, which I thought was a nightmare, um, cookie exchange. And then my niece's birthday is on Christmas. So we do a bowling party. It's too much. Yeah. Too much good is bad. Just hearing you read that. So I learned my lesson. We're simplifying this year so we don't have a Yuletide meltdown. Well, yeah, it's, it's all good things, but Mm -hmm. it just adds up and, you know, each kid has stuff at school and, Yeah. Before you know it, you're pulling your hair out and we are supposed to be joyful this time of year. Right. And it just can can suck the life out of it. And and let alone the fact that I think, um, you know, for certain people, depending on how they grew up or their family situation, not only can the holidays be stressful because of just busyness, Mm -hmm. it can also be stressful emotionally because it may bring up, you know, hard memory, you know, negative memories of the past or maybe right. some grieving. And so um, it can just really trigger a lot for, for people. Yeah, so, absolutely. but, you know, with these tips, as we go through these with you, um, <laughs> our wonderful listeners, just know We don't necessarily take all this advice, but we are trying to take it on board and and really um, incorporate this this holiday season for Mm -hmm. ourselves because I think it's a problem we all have. And like you said, it sneaks. It just kind of creeps in if you're not really intentional about it. So Exactly. Yeah. So that brings us to the first point, right? It is so hard to say no. So our first tip to reduce family stress is to use the word no liberally especially at the holiday time, right? So when it comes to adding new commitments to your schedule, especially ones that can sneak in at that time that reoccur weekly or monthly, say no, just say no. Just say no. It's like dare when we were little. Right, right? exactly. (laughs) Lisa Turkhurst has this great book that I read. Um, 
It's called The Best Yes. And she has this quote in there that says, whenever you say yes to something, there is less of you for something else. Make sure your yes is worth the less. Mm. And so just a, it's a good reminder for us to use the word no liberally during the holidays so you don't end up like me with 30 random Christmas things on your right on your calendar. December. Yeah. Well, and and um there's only so much you can say no to. Also, mm-hmm. there are just certain things. I mean, kids still yeah. go to school. Right. You People still, still have to go to work. You know, we still have to sleep, we still have to eat, we still have to exercise. All the things that really may not be negotiable right. in in our calendar. And mm-hmm. so um, I just think that that amps everything up. And and um, so our, our next tip, though, you know, use that no word liberally. Um, but if you can, turn some of the yeses into nos. Mm-hmm. So and, and, you know, for a season, and especially the holiday season, uh, you know, you can try eliminating some of the negotiable activities from your schedule mm-hmm. and just see if you really missed them. You yeah. know, maybe this is something like a, I, I mean, it can be hard, but it might be something like a, a Bible study. Yeah. It could be, you know, that you attend or a mm-hmm. group that you attend. It mm-hmm. could be activities for your kids that they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I think in general, we overschedule our kids anyway. And then when we do say yes to one or two things for them, you know, whatever limit we put on it, it just feels to me like the things we say yes to have become so much more all consuming than they ever were. I'm talking sports for the kids, teams, Mm -hmm. um, clubs, if they're in theater productions, choir, you know, I just feel like everything now it's great because the people who, who coach them, teach them, they want them to have the best experience, to be the best. But I think in our sort of success-driven mm-hmm. world, it has just – it's pushed all of these activities into a different stratosphere yeah, than I feel like totally. they ever were for me growing up. And right. so, you know, for this season – you can kind of take out your calendar and and look at it and say, okay, what is negotiable? Mm-hmm. Because like I said, there's so many things that aren't negotiable. So what's there that you could just say, we're going to turn these yeses into nos for, you know, two months, three mm-hmm. months, whatever you decide on, yeah. and just see if you really miss them because you yeah. might not. And right. you might find your, your home and your kids are just much more um, relaxed and, yeah. and you're not rushing around as much. And so you really ha- like, like that Lisa Turkhurst quote that you, that you uh, read, we really have to ask ourselves if, you know, these adding these things back in is worth the stress and the less of us and the less of our time mm-hmm. that we have with our kids. Cause that time is, you know, something that we really can never get back and it's yeah. a limited resource. Absolutely. So that's a good point. Tip number three, which seems kind of counterintuitive to me when I first read it, says you be the host. And to me, that seems overwhelming because I think, yeah. oh my gosh, I got to host my house. Hosting can be to... stressful. Yeah. yeah. But but the thought behind it is if you have a lot of family members or friends that um, you want to spend time with for Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's hard to juggle around and go house to house. And we've done that because we have a lot of family in town. Yeah. Um, so our, our suggestion is you offer to host and everyone gets to spend time with you, but it's on a night that works for you. Your kids can get in their pajamas at the end of the night. Yeah. And um, it's kind of a one-stop shop. People are all coming right. to you. And then you can also invite 
people that you wouldn't really feel comfortable inviting to like your in-laws. And my mom, my mom was always the best at this. Growing up, our house was always the like catch-all for Mm -hmm. random people that didn't have anywhere to go. And I thought it was so great. So one year she like went to great clips and got her hair cut right before Thanksgiving and was talking to the guy and he said, Oh, I don't have any plans. She's like, you should come to my house. And so she kept telling us like, we need to save a seat. Patrick might show up. I'm like, who's Patrick? She's like, yeah. some guy that cut my hair this week. I'm like, Oh mom, <laughs> I'm sure he's not going to show. And sure enough, he came. Wow. The doorbell rang and Patrick showed up and we were like, my extended family was like, how do you know Deb? He's like, well, I just met her. Just I just met her, did her highlights. Her hair. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah. if you host, you're also able to open up your doors and extend it to some folks that might not have at home. Yes. I love that. We, we say we pick up stragglers, Yes, you know, and, That's um, great. but it, it's funny. Some of those people have become just really dear to us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and, and then I think it, it definitely teaches the, the spiritual discipline of hospitality yeah. to our kids because it is a, is a discipline that right. we that we have to learn and um, so I love that and and I'm like you I've got you know lots of family in town mm-hmm. both sides of the family and sometimes the expectations of uh, you know extended family members that you maintain yeah. okay well everybody always comes to my house for mm-hmm. this thing and it can be hard it can be hard to navigate this so this yeah. one can be difficult but if you know if people have flexibility if mm-hmm. your parents or your in-laws are like yeah it'd be great to go to your yeah. house you know it can be a lot easier and then ask ask them for help with right. hosting Pot, as well luck yeah well, don't feel like you did, have to do everything right. we even hired a caterer one year because we crunched the numbers and we figured huh we could probably have someone do this and clean up for cheaper for and cheaper did. And yeah it was so amazing wow. it was so nice so that's awesome i love that creative i love that um okay so the the fourth tip is to set event limits um this is kind of like the first two where we said say no and turn some yeses into nos, but this is something that you actually kind of think about in advance. So before you're in the thick of it with the holidays, before things have just sort of randomly appeared on your calendar that you hadn't thought through, it's nice to look ahead and say, and also to sit down with your spouse and other people in your family to say, what is comfortable for us? What number of you know, kind of evening events or mm-hmm. holiday things feels good to us. Yeah. Because every family might have a different answer to that. Different people in your family might yeah. have a different answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my Scrooge that I'm married to might say uh, one or none. <laughs> um, that might be his preference. Yeah. I mean, he actually loves Christmas with our family, but he gets so overwhelmed sure. by the expectations of big events and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so he would just assume keep it to a very, very low minimum. And then me, I'm like, oh, I I mean, I'm from fun country. I'm I'm, I'm, number seven on the Enneagram. (laughs) I want to go everywhere, do everything, talk to all the people, have all the fun. And so we have to find a way to to negotiate that together and kind of come together and each stretch a little bit. But then you kind of say, okay, you know, keeping in mind that that the school is going to have some extracurricular activities that mm-hmm. are probably not, you know, negotiable. If your kids are in choir or something like that, they right. by by committing to being in the choir in September whenever they started school, part of it is that 
they're going to need to keep their commitment and right. be in the concert or the performance or mm-hmm. the, you know, whatever that they've already agreed to. So I'm not saying, you know, knock those things off the schedule, but you might just say, yeah, you know, event limits, we can do four extra things above Mm -hmm. and beyond the things that are just kind of not negotiable. And so as you get invitations and, and things like that, you can really kind of prioritize and decide, um, just go in with eyes wide open and being intentional, I think is the key. Right. And even along those lines, sometimes when we're going to events, um, particularly my husband will say, okay, what's our hard out time? Yeah. Like we're going, he's like, I don't want to be here all night. Like what's yeah. our hard out? 8.30? Are we good with 8.30? Yeah. Like, right. Yep. So right. then we know we're kind of, we just have to find that compromise. Cause... Right. Cause yeah. I, and I mean, it sounds like our mics are a lot alike mm-hmm. in that way yeah. um, because mine is the same way. It's like he, he's, he's, more introverted. He loves people, but yeah, he kind of gets to a limit. And we've just learned over the years that his limit is a lot lower than my limit is yeah. for social socializing and hanging out and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So <clears throat> just helps personality. Right. And, and it helps prevent conflict later. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're not mad at each other. You've kind of communicated your, your expectations in advance. And then it's, it's just a whole lot easier to, to kind of, help keep everybody as low stress as possible because right. that's the whole point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we also want to mention to, we want to encourage you to limit the amount of extracurricular activities that your kids participate in. And you've already alluded to this, but yeah, I mean, I have an eight-year-old that does flag football and it is two to three practices during the week. And then it practice before the game on Saturday and he's eight. Yeah. I mean, we never had that growing up. So. Well, and that's what I mean about like ev- everything is huge now. Yeah. It's not just a, you know, a, a sport at the rec center where you just show up and play a game right. once a week. Or you, you know, stay like, after school for an hour. Right, like we right, right, right. It's just yeah. different. So just be mindful and be cautious and prayerful when you're approaching a new activity because really it can be life-changing for your family. Yeah. Because when we're going to practice the football practice every night at dinner, the little right. ones are there, not doing their homework, hungry. Right, <laughs> you know? right. It really does affect the whole family. So it just does. keep that in mind, especially during the holidays. How can you keep it? I mean, we we do one activity per kid maximum. Yeah, per season. Yeah. Otherwise, it just gets too busy for us. Well, and growing up, our our kind of guideline that my parents came up with was that everybody can do, every kid can do two things, and maybe one thing is art you know, arts related and one thing is something else like a, you know, a sports related thing. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, if you were going to play basketball on the, the school basketball team and take piano lessons, you know, those were your two things or, well, for us, piano lessons were required, but you know, if you're going to be in choir, if you're going to be in drama, if you're going to, you know, Mm -hmm. do the chess club, whatever it is that you're going to do, you have those, the limit of those two things. But even, you know, back then, those two things were so much less right. of your time. Yeah. Um, and so now, yeah, it's like one thing. Mm-hmm. You can do one thing. And then, you know, as, as your kids get older, they're little now, but, um, you know, minor go to Young Life, and, uh, uh, you know, one night a week. And then they go to church youth group one night a week. Mm-hmm. So that's already two nights, you know. Yeah. And then if you add in a sport and a and an arts thing, that's your whole week. So it just, and like you said, you're dragging, you know, the stage you're at right now. Mm -hmm. It's not like 
you know, Braden's getting it in the car and driving himself to football practice. You have to take <laughs> him nice. there. You have to pack <laughs> snacks. You have to drag the other kids. You have to keep track of them at a park yeah. for a couple of hours in the afternoon, mm-hmm. evening. And it's just a lot. So, um, yeah, putting limits on that is 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 huge. And um, so and that kind of leads to the, the sixth um, tip that we have, and that is to establish a time budget. Mm. You know, I think a lot of us think of budgeting um, in terms of our finances, as we should, you know, thinking about making sure we know where all of our money goes Mm. um, and kind of, you know, charting it out or whatever system works well for us to make sure that that there isn't, you know, these slow bleeds or fast bleeds of money out of our, um, you know, bank accounts that we really haven't accounted for. And so just like it's an important discipline to budget your finances we have to budget our time Mm -hmm. um this isn't meant to be kind of legalistic but um but some things can just be huge time sucks Mm -hmm. and I I know one thing for me and this is something that's one of those kind of invisible things but social media can be a huge time suck you know it's not really something we do super intentionally we just kind of pick up our phone and you know Mm -hmm. for me it's like watching animal videos on Facebook like I just go down (laughs) this rabbit hole and before I know it I've been sitting there for you know 25 30 minutes and um, that adds up and so you know you want to make sure that the majority of the time that you're spending on things aligns with your values and your goals mm-hmm. for your family. So you might find that there are things that take up that are very time expensive, mm-hmm. very costly yeah. that you go, man, that thing doesn't matter that much to me. Right. And obviously we, we have to work. We have to go to school. We yeah. have to sleep. Those mm-hmm. things take up most of our our day and our life and so what are we doing with the rest of it and so this you know it's good to do this at the holidays but um you know you can by doing this now hopefully this can help with the rest of your year to really kind of chart it out and say yeah goal set we love to set health goals we love to Mm -hmm. set financial goals but i think that time budgeting is is one of the things that just really can free us, you know, uh, you know, adults up, but also just freeze our families up so much. Yeah, absolutely. And we're a big proponent of the huge calendar. We keep it in the kitchen. We put everything on there. So it's like the month at a glance. Yeah. Um, my in-laws were over last week babysitting and they were trying to fa- plan like a family birthday day. And they're like, well, mm. we noticed on your calendar that you guys are, you know, pretty busy, but the, the 15th looks good for a family birthday. Would that work for you guys? And I'm right. like, oh, how nice. Like not yeah. only is this calendar benefiting me, but <laughs> yeah. people that are kind of coming and visiting can have this central place to kind of see like, look, we're budging our time. We're trying to be intentional. Yeah. We dink around a lot watching TV, yeah. <laughs> social media, yeah. but um, it's helpful for the kids too, to see you know, right. To see it all, yeah, all together. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think when your whole family utilizes a calendar together, whether it's a paper calendar on your wall, we use, um, you know, we just use our calendars on our iPhone, but we yeah. have one shared family calendar that syncs nice. everything, but it, it creates a visual to, to recognize that when, you know, my daughter Lydia wants to do something on a day, she recognizes that the plans that she makes and the things that she wants to do affects the whole rest of the family, yeah, exactly. you know? And so, so 
everybody then starts thinking much more as a team, mm -hmm. as a whole, because you go, okay, if I do this thing, then here's all the ramifications of that for the right. rest of the family. And it just helps, you know, I think it prepares us, our, our kids to have their own family someday or, yeah. or, you know, whether even if they, you know, go to college and they have their roommates and that kind of mm -hmm. thing, you recognize that what one person does has an effect on everybody. Yeah. So it's important. So, totally. yeah. Um, point number seven that we want to encourage people to do is prioritize. Um, and I know that sounds so basic, but we, in our society right now, we put so much emphasis on tasks, on being achievers, on putting these like beautiful pictures on Instagram, on being like this very success, beauty, fame driven society. Right. And, um, especially for our kids, we're always trying to say like people come before tasks, right? Relationships, people over things. Right. Um, so instead of always talking about like what you can get and wanting to do things for your friends and why don't I get to do that? It's like, we're going to prioritize time with our family, time with people in our neighborhood, time with some of friends that need you know, some loving on right now, overdoing things and consuming things. So right. I'm just going to prioritize. Yeah. We always say people over things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> people are more important than your toys or whatever, your activities. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's you sitting down and you've, you know, you have this saying people over things. That's a, that's one of your family mottos. Mm -hmm. And so by prioritizing, you're again, intentionally asking yourselves, is what we say is the most important thing. What actually matters to us mm -hmm. is that actually lining up with how we spend our time. Right. Um, yeah. You know, because you've if you do turn some yeses into nos for a season, there's going to come a period of time where you're going to decide, are we going to add these things back in? Or there's going to be a new request. It's yeah. going to be, you know, one of your kids is going to want to do something new. And mm -hmm. so this just kind of helps you establish a hierarchy by which then you can go back to it and say, okay, as a family, we decided that this is what's important. Yeah. So exactly. where, you know, we have to decide how this fits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that one. So um, this next one, this next little uh, tip it kind of, it's kind of sort of a different, taking a different turn from what we've talked about before. But along with all of this prioritizing and, you know, making intentional choices, there are all these things that we do have to do that are non-negotiables. And mm -hmm. one of those things is chores, you know, yes. and they're card called chores, I've always thought, because they're things that typically nobody like wakes up in the morning <laughs> really really wanting to do right. although you might have a strange kid like like your son who just loves to yeah, do dishes to and laundry mm -hmm. and clean and man if if you have that blessing in your life then <laughs> thank the lord for that but um but yeah especially during the holidays there can there's extra things that need to be done. Yeah. I just feel like there's more cleaning because if you decorate, you know, yeah. you're cleaning your decorations or um, you're, if you're hosting at your house, then you kind of have that extra push to have more, more chores to do and more dishes and all that kind of stuff. And so I do this. I mean, this is one of the things on this list that I, I do regularly and it, it helps me because I think it aligns with the way that my brain works a little bit better than, than like chore charts and things like that. So set up a family work time. 
And so what this looks like is that, you know, you, you've established sort of a list of chores. These are things that we just have to do, whether it's a daily thing, weekly thing, whatever. You can kind of arrange it how you want to. But then say, you know, we're going to work for 30 minutes. We're going to set a timer and we're going to go ballistic on this chore list for 30 minutes. And everybody's going to work as fast and as hard as they can. Make it a competition if you yeah. need to, you know, reward everyone with a treat afterwards or a movie or something, you know, yeah. fun to do together. But four people working for 30 minutes, if you, you know, my family, we've got two kids, me and mm -hmm. my husband, right? That's two hours worth of work. You can get a yeah. ton done in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, if you've kind of done the work in advance to make sure that people know what needs to be done and then make sure your kids know how to do those things, yeah. right? right? You know, that they've received the tools and training that they need to know how to clean the bathroom or, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Then you just say, pick the chores on the list, but go mm -hmm. out there and let's tackle it and get it done. Yeah. And you might need to do that, you know, a couple of times on a Saturday, two different 30-minute work sessions on a Saturday to get right. everything done. Yeah. Um, and then doing a little bit of that throughout the week kind of keeps up with stuff so that it doesn't seem overwhelming. Yeah, seem overwhelming, doesn't yeah. get away from you. And, yeah. and so. Um, and when in doubt, just give a two-year-old a dry washcloth and assign them the baseboards. That's right. Man, they don't they don't mind that, and they're low to the ground. It's yeah. so helpful. I always just give my little guys, Mike. Okay, yeah, you're on baseboard duty. You don't have to get <laughs> creaky knees by no. being down there on your hands yes, and knees scrubbing not much it. Training. So yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, and I know a lot of a, a lot of moms are afraid to let their kids clean because they're right. like, I don't want them using chemicals, yeah. and I get that. But there's so many great tools yes. out there now. I mean, the microfiber cloths that you just right. use water and it works yeah. great, and yeah. so. I just think there there are solutions to that. And it's mm -hmm. so easy as moms to just take everything on our shoulders and just it's easier to just do it yeah. sometimes than to either beg or nag or whatever we have to do our kids to get them to do it yeah. or to take the time to train them how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a little bit more work up front. Right. But then they do get to a point where they can – work quickly, move fast. And yeah. so now my two girls are teenagers and we get a lot done in 30 minutes when we yeah, all work together. So awesome. yeah, not that my house, not that you would know by coming oh, over I'm at sure. any given time, yeah, but right. I, I, it would be way worse if we didn't yeah. implement this together. Yeah. So good point. Um, okay. Tip number nine, schedule unscheduled time. This is, yeah. I think important for year round family rhythms. Absolutely. Right? Like find a chunk of time and maybe you're, it doesn't work to do it on a weekend day. Maybe your family's different and, you know, dad's a pastor and he has Fridays off or right. something yeah. weird, you know, yeah. a different schedule. Um, but try to find some time where you don't put anything on the schedule. You go to the park for a picnic, you hang out in your backyard, you do board games, you take a nap, you do a family movie, you get the idea. It's yeah. just time to unplug and connect. Um, for our family, it's always been Sundays because mm -hmm. my husband was raised basically on Sundays. You come home, you have pot roast and y'all hunker down at home. Yeah. He was raised in the Midwest and so it was cold and you just stayed home, eat pot yeah. roast, listen to hymns and play card games. And so we've yep. kind of adapted that now. We do a lot of TV in our house, true confession time. Yeah. But um, we've had some really fun opportunities to do things on Saturdays and 
just to kind of honor my husband at first, I, I reluctantly said, no, we can't. But now I'm, I'm really appreciating that time. Yeah. Like we got invited for my son to do this little football or sorry, basketball camp on Sundays. And we're like, no, sorry, we don't do that on Sundays. Like it, yeah. it almost feels legalistic, but I know the heart of it is not to right, be right. saying, oh, we're, our family's not allowed to do it. It's more like we, we need to preserve this time to relax and regroup for the start of next week. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, um, you know, for us, especially because of the age of our girls and yeah, they, you know, they can turn on the TV, they can pull out their phone, they can get on social media. There's so many things that even in unscheduled time, Mm -hmm. it's like we just fill it up with stuff. And so, you know, I think it's, it's actually important to like, let your kids get bored. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's really easy to like, you don't want them to be bored because then when they're bored, they start to bug you. So you do have to (laughs) kind of ease into this but like our kids don't know how to be bored anymore because there's never a time when you're just sitting and literally doing nothing Mm -hmm. and little you know young brains need that older brains need it too but especially as their brains are developing they need time to just totally unplug Mm -hmm. to be bored because when they're bored is when they come up with strew around uh, the house yeah creative they get creative and you know depending on your kid's personality sometimes that's also when they do really dumb stuff yeah. but you know, know little by little they've got to learn and um you know kids kids job their work is play mm-hmm. like they need to be playing yeah. in an unstructured unscheduled unscheduled mm-hmm. un not totally unsupervised but not uh you know hovering and so it's really important right. that our kids like they are allowed to just play and that doesn't happen unless nowadays unless we're intentional to say we're not putting anything on Sundays, on, on, on Sundays right. if it if that works for your family. Right. And then I know for my for one of my daughters, she um, she has ADHD, and I you know my tendency would be come home, give them a snack, make them make them start their homework right away, get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recognized that she needed that time blocked out to just blah. Yeah. Like her brain is very tired because it's so hard for her to do some of the things that are required by school. She has to work so much harder Mm -hmm. to do the same thing. So she's just exhausted and she just needed a blah break. And (laughs) at first I let her watch TV, which, you know, that's fine. But then I even started to recognize that her brain didn't even get a break during that. So I'm like, it's going to be like a, you know, no talk no TV time. Yeah, you can fine. do whatever you need to do. She'd go out in the backyard and walk, you know, pace around and and look at stuff and talk to herself. And it was like she just was yeah, decompressing. I, I mean, she doesn't do that now, but this is when she was little. She just would go out there and I'm like, I don't know what world she's living in out there right now, but right. she's just decompressing. Yeah, decompressing. And, <laughs> yeah, releasing <laughs> that pressure valve. And mm-hmm. she needed it so much. And um and then when she'd come back she'd be more apt to be able to sit down and do a little homework, um, that kind of thing. Mm. And then my older daughter loved to have an activity right after school, Mm. you know? So so it's like, it's, it's different even with it, with your own kids. Right. So you have to look for those things and be prepared to, you know, make time sacred, whether it's Sunday, Mm -hmm. you know, afternoon is sacred, whether it's that block of, you know, an hour right after school, it's like, we said no to some stuff that was going to happen right after school because mm-hmm. we're like, 
if we sign Lydia up for this and she has to go straight from school to yeah. this thing, by the time she gets back home, we're going to have to make her start homework. And it's, it's gonna just going to be, you know, yeah. in the times that we made the mistake of, of doing it anyway, we regretted it. You mm -hmm. know, she regretted it. We all regret it because yeah. <laughs> she's she's but the personality it. type that if she regrets something, she's going to make sure everybody regrets it. <laughs> so, yeah. So tell us, okay, this last tip. Yes. Oh, constantly reevaluate, right? Remember, this is a balancing act. We talk about um, a good visual for parenting is a level, right? Keeping the bubble in the middle where we're not too far to either side to you know, too far to either extreme when it comes to busyness and life. And, um, and that's just because busyness is one of the most common tools that Satan uses to render us ineffective as Christians, right? Like a hectic schedule really ramps up family stress. And when we're so busy with, um, you know, piano and volleyball, and it, it kind of limits your time, not only as a family, but time to be involved in church activities. Like you say, right. your girls are in young life. Um, you know, church on Sundays is important to us. And so you always kind of have to reevaluate what is working for our families. What special needs, like you alluded to with one of your daughters, um, do we have in our kids or in this season? What's the rhythm of your spouse in you? You know, right. like both of our mics don't want to be during doing activities and events every week and night. I'm like, you, mm. hey, you and I should go out together. I know. <laughs> we'll hit yeah, up all the parties. We'll just put our mics together oh. and then you and I, we can go hang out. Exactly. Yeah. But so just as a, um, just as a rule, err on the side of being underscheduled rather than overscheduled. It's better to commit to too few things than too many. So work with wide margins. Well, and it's so funny to even say underscheduled. Like it, it would actually be like, a great goal to be like our goal this year yeah. is to be under scheduled right. to even know what that feels I know. like, I know. you know, is it even to, first of all, see if it's possible. Yeah. Is it possible to under schedule your family? Like, right. I, I don't know because just the tasks of daily life and yeah. working like that's enough, mm -hmm. you know, it is. Um, it is. you know, we went, we went through a phase where just uh, when I was writing my book and f especially kind of the, the last few weeks of that process finished finishing it, getting it to my editor, all of the, the stuff that goes along with that. Um, you know, I saw that coming and I kind of just sat down with my family and I said, we're going to enter a season of no right now. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to have to happen because me as mom, as kind of the primary, you know, manager yeah. of the family schedule and all the things that go along with that, I'm like, I, I need the extra time. And even if I don't need the extra time, I need the mental space, right? To be able to do what I need to do yeah. to finish this book and, and the publishing process and everything. Um, you know, because it isn't just it isn't just time that it costs you. It's also this mental load, mental load is huge. that that is, you know, disproportionately carried by the mom in mm -hmm. the family, typically. Yeah. Um, and uh, I needed to clear some of that mental load yeah. and I needed, you know, to have more time. I was working longer hours than I typically work because right. I'm trying to get this book done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, we we kind of entered this this year of no um, or season of no, where it was like, can, can you, um, bring 
cookies to the party? No. Yeah. Can <laughs> you help with the field trip? No. Can you? <laughs> Can you wash my dirty socks? Yeah. No. Figure it out. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. No. I mean, yeah, they start you do your own laundry because mm-hmm. I need the help with that. And yeah. so from stuff at school to to stuff at home, it's like it you feel like it's hard to say no and you feel like you owe people an explanation, mm-hmm. but you really don't. Like you can right. say thank you so much for thinking of me, but I can't right now. Yep. Exactly. You know? Come up with a script in your head so that you're not, especially if you're a people pleaser, it can be really hard to say no. Mm -hmm. And then as after you've said no and you've cleared all this stuff from your schedule and you actually, you know, might be at the point where you're under scheduling yourself, if that's even possible. Yeah. Be careful not to add it back in too quickly and and reevaluate because every season is going to be different. You might mm-hmm. be going through a challenging season with a child. Mm-hmm. You might, your marriage might be going through a challenging yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Your spouse or yourself may be going through a challenging, difficult season in your career, whether mm-hmm. it's negative or positive. I mean, me writing a book was my life stream that yeah. I was getting to do. So it wasn't a bad thing. It was a great thing, but it meant we had to enter in the season of no. Right. Um, and, and we have maintained some of that, Yeah. but It'll come back. It's just like stuff in your house. Stuff in your house will accumulate if you don't actively declutter and get rid of it. That's that's kind of the the tyranny of the excess that we live in. Absolutely. And I think it's important to remember, we're talking kind of specifically around the holidays, that Christmas is about our Savior, right? And his message of hope to this dark and broken world. Yeah. Um, And it's better to come to God with an expectant heart than a bunch of personal expectations and a super busy calendar. Yeah. So when we, when we do this, it allows God to work in us and through us during the holidays and ultimately to reach those around us. Yeah. Yeah. During a time when a lot of people need hope. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And you know, our savior was born into the stillness Mm -hmm. of the manger, the stillness of this this quiet evening Mm -hmm. and um, we need to have some of that stillness in our hearts, Mm -hmm. I think around this time of year in order to really be able to feel his presence and the joy and the hope Mm -hmm. that can come along with this season. And then we've got to slow down long enough, like you said, to notice the people in our lives that that may need us more at that time of year than any other time. They may need an invite to, to, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas dinner. They don't have anyone, you know, Mm -hmm. suicide rates during the holidays are higher than any other time of the year. And it's because, you know, that time of year can just be very painful if you're alone, Mm -hmm. if it brings up bad memories. And so if we don't slow down, we're not, we're not going to notice those people. And then, and we won't have time to reach out to them. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think, I mean, I am super inspired just by going through this to to really sit down and and be intentional in some yeah. big ways in our own family. So yeah. I might need yeah. to say no to the dressing up as Mary this year in our family. <laughs> nativity. It's so funny that you said that. We do that. We do that too. We do you a do. nativity play, and yes, okay. my girls either have to be Mary or the angel every year. Oh, which yeah. I was like, but Gabriel was a boy. But whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, just yes, yes. say. Say no. Yes. Say no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. Well, great chatting with you and good luck this holiday season. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You can find us at familymatters.net.
And uh, we've got show notes up and you can email us at family at familymatters.net. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. And we just really, really appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Family Matters Ministries. For more podcasts and resources, check us out on familymatters.net slash podcast or stream us on all major podcast platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.